Sean's back. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Uh oh. Hello, and welcome back to the Oracle Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Brad Andrews, here with your co-host. Of course, we got your boy, Sunshine, and... Hey, what's up? It's your boy, Sean. Sean is back. Fresh off suspension. Welcome back. (laughs) Welcome back. Had a little hiatus. We got a great show for you today. We're going to run with a few more teams in our team previews and rookie analysis. Oh, I'm excited. Yes, sir. All right. We're starting with the Carolina Panthers. Defensive end Brian Burns, nicknamed Spidey Burns because he moves like Spider-Man. Picked at number 16 out of Florida State. He's a film junkie, 4-5-3-40 time. Led the ACC in pressures. Top five in PFF pass rush grade. Top five in pass rush percentage. Can he shoot webs like Spider-Man? I really hope Spidey so. Sense. That would come in very Those handy during football. Just Ooh. saying. You could snatch the football from like really high. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. I just was thinking about that so, randomly. Got crazy quickness off the edge. They had one of the worst defensive lines in football last year. It was very inconsistent. Just didn't get it done game in and game out. So they tried to revamp that. Add Brian Burns. Add Bruce Irving. Their next pick traded up to grab offensive tackle Greg Little from Ole Miss. 2.8 percentage pressure rate. Fourth best in the class. They needed a left tackle to protect Cam. They needed it bad. Get that blind side. Yeah, they've struggled to put an offensive line together for years. Last year, Cam was constantly under pressure. Put That offensive line put three different guys in the hospital. Three quarterbacks. So it was just embarrassing. In the later rounds, they double up on edge and offensive tackle with Christian Miller, outside linebacker from Alabama, and Dennis Daly, offensive tackle from South Carolina. So they're really building these trenches and hope to protect Cam. In the third round, they went with quarterback Will Greer from West Virginia. PFF called him the possible steal of the draft at QB. They go with Will Greer for that backup plan in case Cam's rehab does not come along as planned. So let's start with Cam Newton. What do you guys think about the outlook of Cam running this offense? Um, <clears throat> with Cam Newton, I mean, obviously, Skirt. it all depends on how his rehab comes along. Um, you know, if he's healthy, one of the most dangerous things about Cam Newton, at least in his play in the past, and he said that he doesn't plan on changing the way that he plays, is his ability to run. Um, I mean, he can get you those bonus yards with his legs. He likes to take it in himself when they're in the red zone. They like to run play action and then have him literally run the ball in by himself. But that has gotten him injured in the past. But like I said, uh, he said he's not changing his style of play. So as long as he stays healthy, I don't really see uh, his style of play changing. Um, And I mean, I like Cam Newton to stay in the top 10 if he can stay healthy. The question is whether or not he can stay healthy. Um, Passing the ball last year, he had 24 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. You'd like to hope that those interceptions drop a little bit. But um, 
Like yeah, I said, I mean, his big thing is his legs. If he can use his legs, then he's going to put those points on the board. Like you said, it's the shoulder, though. He couldn't throw the ball over 25 yards. Defenses knew it. The, that was later in the year, though. That wasn't the start off. He he got hurt. The first time he popped up on the injury report was week eight against Baltimore. Yeah. So when you talk about as a running quarterback, he only rushed for four touchdowns last year. I've, I've been looking at that, and in 2011, he had 14 rushing t- touchdowns. 2015, he had 10, and it's been slowly progressing. 16, he had 5. 17, he had 6. I think defenses are looking for that more. Um, you know, it, total rushing yards, I'd like to see him get back to a season like he had in 2017. He had 754 rushing yards. That's insane. As a quarterback. Well, he, they stopped using him as a rusher last year once he got hurt. They literally stopped designing plays for him. All right, let me break this down. Here's Cam. Because I look back at all his stats from since he came into the league. 2011, QB3. 2012, QB4. 2013, QB4. 2014, had ankle surgery, fractured rib, fractured his back in the car accident. Disaster of a season. 2015, MVP year, QB1. 2016 had the concussion that's when you start to see the shoulder issues tore that rotator cuff then came back 2017 QB3 2018 through nine games had 15 pass touchdowns four picks 67 percent completion percentage 350 rush yards and four touchdowns on the ground easily a top five fantasy quarterback on pace so that's five out of eight years in the top five and three years with major injury issues. He has the cartilage damage in the shoulder. And the Ravens game is the first time we saw it, as Sean said. Then he gets hit by TJ Watt in that Pittsburgh game. Passer rating from a clean pocket last year was QB9. Passer rating under pressure, he was QB27. So he struggles against the Blitz, and they finally went all out to try to protect him this year so it remains to be seen but I think the numbers show that he definitely has top five upside if he can stay healthy how's the rehab going so far I know you do a lot of research on cam because you are a yeah I mean that's what it comes down to (laughs) so but how's the rehab he just started throwing with the regulation size football which is the best you can hope for at this point in OTAs so he, he's not He's not participating in team drills yet though I'm assuming No he's just working on Getting that shoulder strength up and, and that's ahead of the pace In the other years that he's come in With some nagging injuries He's skipped OTAs completely He's come in They've held him out of some preseason stuff So he is ahead of that curve For how the other seasons went When he came in injured yeah, no, I like his ADP value. He's going in the 10th round. Um, if you're going to wait on a quarterback, this is a guy I'm willing to take a shot on. We were talking last week about running quarterbacks, having that cheat code. I like him. It just depends on – let's see how he's throwing during preseason. CMC came out looking bojacked in OTAs. Had a Saw a meme where he basically looks like the dudes from NFL Blitz – <laughs> and he yep. just has added a ton of strength 
There's Somebody an, drug test that guy. He's, I mean, I think it's all now. natural. If you, there was an article on ESPN that came out that just went through his training regimen, and the dude just lives and breathes football and training and dieting, I and like he it. has added a ton of strength. Yeah, I mean, let me preface everything that I'm about to say by saying that I like CMC as a player. I drafted him last year. He absolutely killed it for me. Um, so I have no qualms against CMC. So do not take this the wrong way. But I have average numbers from before uh, Cam Newton got hurt and after Cam Newton got hurt. So I'll just run through these real quick. Uh, before Cam got hurt, he had one rushing touchdown in seven games. And he had two receiving touchdowns in seven games. After Cam got hurt, he had six touchdowns in eight games rushing, and he had four touchdowns receiving in eight games. So rushing before Cam got hurt, he averaged uh, 13.14 rushing attempts per game after 15.8. Before, he averaged 60.4 yards after 82.1 rushing yards. Um, His fantasy points per week, skyrocketed before he had 12.6 after he had 23.2 average Mm. that is insane um and then i also have his receiving averages before cam got hurt he was averaging 6.21 after 7.75 before his receiving yards per game were 42.8 after they were 68.1 so what i'm about to say is his adp right now he's going fourth overall and I like CMC, but I strongly think that if you are sitting there with the fourth or fifth overall pick, you should consider going somewhere else. Not that he's not going to end up. I think he'll still end up in the top 10, but I do yeah. not think he'll end up in the top five. I think that once Cam was injured, they were throwing a lot more checkdowns. He could not throw the ball downfield. Two times last year, they brought Heineke in to make um, Hail Mary plays because Cam just couldn't push the ball down the field. So I think he was just looking for those short passes because Cam was injured. They were handing the ball off more because Cam was injured. And then, of course, when you bring in a different QB that doesn't run with the offense as much, your running back is your best friend. So you're going to turn around and hand it off to him. And like I said, also check downs. So, I mean, he just had a lot more work last year because Cam was hurt. I mean, he does look Bojack this year. They did get help on that offensive line, so I don't think he's going to plummet or anything of that nature, but I think top five is just uh, a little unrealistic. I think he'll end up uh, somewhere around the eights and nines on the on the lower half of the top ten, but I still think he's an RB1. He, he caught the ball 107 times last year. He, First in targets. That's the highest of all time. For a running back, he did, but you just heard. I, I gave you the let averages. Me, I'm gonna let Brad go ahead because I I'm with you. I have don't not lie. been a believer for the past two years, but I'm I'm looking for Brad to kind of change the tone. I'm I'm looking for a reason to go with Christian McCaffrey. So what do you right. got, Brad? So correlation does not equal causation. In other words, how much of that is due to Cam's injury, and how much of that is due to CMC dominating and them wanting him to get more volume and North Turner starting to figure things out and then feeding him. Like this offense took a while to develop. There's a lot of other factors that went on besides Cam getting hurt. 
there was just a lot going on. And also, I just think that the offense was at times super inefficient in games. I mean, they scored a lot of points. They still did well, but I think the efficiency is going to go up. You got you got Curtis Samuel's going to be another year in the league. You got DJ Moore another year in the league. You had Funches dropping a boatload of passes. I look for that efficiency to go up. Yes, I I agree with Sean. I think that his usage, CMC's usage might go down. His snap percentage was absurd. Led the league by far. Was just taking all the snaps for the Panthers. So they're going to look to mix some other guys in. But I think the offense is just going to be more consistent as a whole. And I think that CMC, with the strength he added, is going to be on a whole nother level. And if you look at the other guys that are you're looking at in the top five, CMC doesn't have the injury risk. Yeah, that's been one of my biggest concerns. Small back getting that kind of workload. He hasn't missed a game yet. Right. In two years, he hadn't missed a single he, game. He has a knack for guy. Like, I always worry about him getting hit and coming out hurt, yeah. limping out of the pile. He just knows how to roll into the tackle, knows how to spin out of hits. He just doesn't get hit with those head-on collisions that cause injuries. And he's, his durability is just insane. So, okay, maybe there was some other factors going on to that crazy volume, yes. But I think there are also some factors working against him in the second half that are not going to be working against him this year. I think a healthy cam just helps everyone. You think he can maintain top five running back status? Yes. Compared to the guys mm. that are going below him, you know, you got Le'Veon that's going into a worse offensive line. You got uh, Gurley that's got all the question marks. Gurley and you has got CMC with the best offensive line I believe the Panthers have had in a decade. There, those, those guys you just named I would agree with, but there's guys like Connor who is are, is going after him. He did oh, yeah. not even finish out the entire year last year, and he ended what uh, RB seven, I think it was. Yeah, you got Connor going at ten. I Melvin Gordon has also Gordon injury questions, but I mean, even he only played twelve games last year, I believe yeah. it was. Even with the twelve games he played, he ended fantastic. He ended, I mean, uh, RB six, right. So, I mean, there's other guys behind him that I, I get your questions, but I think if these guys play even just a two or three more games a right. piece, there's, if, there's no way Cam is staying, or Cam, there's no way CMC is staying in the top five. I mean, he could do it. So if he I'm falls, just saying, I drafted him last year. I, I liked think, him, but I just don't think the volume's at there. At some point, we're just splitting hairs. I think the guy, the other guys have injury risk. So it just depends on if what you think is going to happen. Okay, so me, me and Brad are split. I say he's... <laughs> Here's I say he's bottom five, or bottom ten. Brad thinks he can make it in the top five. Sunshine, where do you where do you see him landing? All right, real we're, quick. We're talking about a guy who has Look the volume. Look at his arms. He's out there ninety seven percent of the snaps. Right. Yes. He hasn't missed a game. He's gonna get the workload, and he has the talent to back it up. Uh will would I grab him if I was picking fourth off the board? Probably not. Do you see Probably him staying? Not. Do you see him staying in the top five? I I think so. 
Uh, I, I see. Then why wouldn't you grab him if you were? If oh, you were what you up? mean like through the season is top five. Top five running back. I just think he'll finish right around nine or ten. Yeah, so you're there with me. Yeah. Okay. So if he fa- I if know. I have that ninth pick and he falls to me, I'm fine. I'm okay with that. If I'm down there it, at it nine, not falling there. It, yeah. That's what I'm saying. But yeah, I agree with you. If I'm down there at nine, there's no way he's gonna fall that far. But if I'm down there at nine, absolutely. But if I'm sitting there at four where he's I, consi- where he's going right now, I just think it's a little too rich for me. I, I like know I'd take him. probably Gordon or Bell before him. Okay. I don't know about Bell, but but Gordon, yes. <laughs> I just wanted to Gordon, yes. All right, All right, moving on, moving on. All right, so let's, let's talk hit, about the wideouts. Yes, let's hit the receivers. Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore. They come into this season as the top two receivers. They were progressing last year. DJ only started 10 games. Curtis only started eight games. So they're trying to work those guys in. It was basically Curtis's first full year. A lot, a lot of people compare these two, but they're different. They're uh, very different. Curtis Samuel, he's the guy who's going to be able to get open, great route runner. Um, DJ Moore needs to improve on that, but what I like about DJ Moore is he's great after the catch. Yes. So he, he once he catches the ball, he's going to get down the field. He can break away and get a touchdown You know, from anywhere on the field. That's what I like about him. You got to pick one of these guys, though. You can't take both of them. Yeah. I right now what I think is that DJ Moore is being slightly overvalued because people just maybe some are expecting him to be that wide receiver too, and Curtis Samuel is just a steal because he's going. I've been able to grab him thirteenth round consistently in mock drafts. So I want to break down a little bit of Samuel because I agree with you. He's the more of a route runner, where DJ is that after the catch guy. Curtis Samuel. Receiving grade, year one was at 54 from Pro Football Focus, went to 75 in year two. Route tree went from four routes to 10. So he's running the full route tree. 88.2 receiving grade when targeted at 10 plus yards, which is incredible. Seven touchdowns, again, while only starting the eight games. This is a stat that blew me away. Look at Matt Harmon's reception perception. Success rate of his routes versus man coverage, 76.6%. Tied for sixth in the NFL behind only Michael Thomas, OBJ, Devontae, AB, and Stephon Diggs. So Matt Harmon called him an early career Stephon Diggs. And you got DJ who's nasty in space, most forced missed tackles per reception, 800 yards, so he's getting the yardage. I think Samuel's has got more of a nose for the end zone. DJ had both his touchdowns on breakaways, and he only had the two touchdowns. He's got a long ways to go at route running, but I think that DJ, if if the Panthers coaching staff is doing it right, they're going to move him to the slot, and it's going to change everything. So you think, who you think gets more touchdowns this year? Because you just said Samuel's Samuel. going to end up in the slot. You think he's getting no more? Samuel's outside. Oh, you think DJ Samuel's in the slot? DJ in the slot. So it th- takes okay, so a couple years for the wide receivers. So hopefully DJ Moore's route running will improve. Right. Like, I really like that stat you were talking about as far as the red zone targets. That's what I want to see in a number one receiver, and we didn't see it last year. My issue with Curtis Samuel is is volume. So you got CMC Olsen. And if what they're trying to do is make DJ Moore their number one receiver, is the volume still going to be there? So Samuel 66th in targets last year, 
and still scored the seven touchdowns. So I just think with Funches leaving. Oh, thank God. That, yes, Funches. Oh. Here's a fun fact for you. I just think Sam was getting the a volume. Here's a fun bunches. fact for you. CMC caught 13, uh, 13 balls out of the slot last year. He was tied fifth most for running back. Well, when he you entered the he, league, I thought he should just be I'm a slot just saying, though, do you think that he lines up more in the slot this year and takes some of those t- targets away? Oh, y'all should I mean, see Brad's face right from now. From DJ? Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't. I mean, I don't think that pos- that necessarily means that DJ's off the field though, especially this year. You think they'd DJ, line him up? You think they'd line him up wide if CMC was in the slot? They're just gonna do a lot of creative things. I mean, you look at all three of those guys. Samuel played a lot of running back in college, so and, and DJ's uh, he's got that kind of running back type mentality after the catch. So he, North Turner does a lot of those creative things where he's putting any of those guys in the backfield. Yeah, you know, both DJ and Samuel had over a hundred yards rushing. Uh, DJ, they're going to be doing a lot of creative things, and I think they're all just going to have their own role. What yeah. about value wise? So, like you said earlier, you like DJ because of how late he's going. D- I mean, no, uh, Samuel. you like Samuel, yeah. but DJ, DJ's going in the seventh round, right around Tyler Boyd, Will Fuller range. Can't yeah. do it there. I don't think I could either. I like Boyd and and uh, who was the other? I like guy you Boyd more. Sorry. You said Boyd and who else? Fuller? Fuller. Fuller. I, I like, like Boyd more. I like Boyd more than Fuller, but I, I don't, don't like Fuller more you like than Fuller DJ. More? A boomer Just because of Kiki, I think Kiki, that offense has a lot of mouths to feed. <laughs> yeah, I agree. All right, um, let's talk about Olsen real quick. What do you guys think about Olsen? Last two years, can't stay healthy. He's got some foot issues. What do we think about him? So, seven points per game when healthy last year. Almost seven points a game. But the guy... Had that foot injury. Tried to play through it a couple times. I mean, the way you're looking at Olsen right now, he's at the tail end of his career. Still has nasty hands. Still is that red zone target at times for Cam. Cam loves the So he's just a steal. Because if you're going to completely punt the tight end position and wait super late, Olsen is basically going undrafted or in the last three rounds at, at tight end. And I think he's still got possible top ten. I mean, I I don't necessarily think that'll get there, but him more than anybody around that time, him and Delaney still have the top ten upside. All right, let's move on to the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota struggled last year. Just a lot of disappointing things going on. That offensive line was horrendous. They go with center Garrett Bradbury from NC State. Bradbury held his own against the national champions, Clemson, and was regarded as the best interior lineman in this draft. So the offensive guards for Minnesota allowed a ridiculous 77 pressures last season. Their two starting guards allowed the third most and the 12th most pressures in the league. So Kirk Cousins was just getting destroyed. So they get a center to try to shore up that O-line. They go with tight end Irv Smith Jr. from Alabama. Very good receiving tight end. Had a near-perfect passer rating when targeted. And then later on, they go Alexander Madison from Boise State. He is going to be one of the most valuable handcuffs in the NFL for Dalvin Cook. Kind of like what you're talking about with the O-line. Um, they did bring in some help. It, they struggled last year. They brought in uh, Josh Klein. They got... 
Garrett Bradbury, like you were talking about. Um, they got a new offensive coordinator, uh, Kevin Stefanski. But from what I understand, Gary Kubiak's like an advisory role on the offense, and that's part of the the Shanahan tree, so that, that might mix things up a little bit. I like Kubiak a lot. Yeah, it, he he's an advisory role. He's not calling the plays <laughs> during the game, but it's going to be his offense, basically, right. is what I gather out of that. So that should help Kirk Cousins. Uh, yeah, he's just got to throw the ball downfield. He's got to let it let it go. Cousins produced a PFF grade of o- over seventy one only once during the last seven games of the year last year. So the last half of the year was just a complete disaster for Kirk Cousins. Blame that on the O-line. Blame that on Cousins not throwing it downfield. There's a lot of factors, but it was not good. All right. I liked Cousins last year. I know he got a lot of hype for things that he'd done in the past with the Redskins, and he got his big contract, and everyone was expecting bigger things out of him. But, you know, the man threw 30 touchdowns last year. That's That's solid. For a starting quarterback, that's solid. I mean, the money Only they... Only 10 interceptions to go with that. QB 13. That's what I'm saying. These these aren't terrible numbers. QB 13, 30 touchdowns. He produced uh, the wide receiver 14 and the wide receiver, wide receiver 7, excuse me. And for a lot of the year, Thielen was wide receiver 1. He started to tail off towards the end. But for a lot of the well, year, he was wide receiver the, 1. They switched offense coordinators. I'm going to get into that when we talk about the wide receiver. But I'm just saying, Cousins, like, Cousins had a solid year. I do think he stays probably right around where he is, QB 12, QB 11. Solid. Somewhere he's in there. Fine. But it's solid. It's, he he's just fine. Wanna he's clean up not going to lose your week. No, he's but not going to lose your week. He's not going to be the guy to win the week. I, I think well, he, he could on some weeks. Well, here's the thing. He had solid the, weeks, but then he had just Brad Ted. He, he had some really the, bad like weeks towards the, whole, the end of the year. The I don't Vikings think he was startable like the second half. They, they seem like they want to run the ball. Yes. So once their new offensive coordinator, Stefanski, came in, Cousins went from 40 passes a game to 27 passes a game. So Dalvin was healthy, and they ran the ball. I think Dalvin Cook is absolutely going to go off this year. I drafted him as a rookie my first year and was very impressed, unfortunately, toward that ACL. Had a long time coming back from it. Never got right last year. Um, But, you know, he was limited in four games last year. He didn't play in five, but towards the, the last six games, uh, put a 14, put an 11, put a 14, put a 28, put an 11, and then uh, scored a six on the Bears. But I think if they can get this kid back to being a workhorse, I, I said on a previous episode, lots of the offense runs through the running back. If you have a good running back, it opens up, the, it opens up a whole lot of things. If you run the ball on first down and you get six yards, the whole playbook is open to you on second and fourth. You, you know, it, everything's wide open to you. So I think if they can get Dalvin Cook back to being the workhorse that he was, that'll open things up for Kirk Cousins along with everybody else. But I hope they get Dalvin Cook being back to the workhorse because I really like the way this kid Are runs. we going to talk about the risk? He's got to play, Sean. He's got to play. Do you have to talk about the risk? I think, I mean, last year, like I said, I just rattled off his last six games. The year, the year before, he was getting all the work, and he looked amazing. So, so we don't need to talk about theory. his rookie year. He only played four games his rookie year. Here's my theory on Dalvin. He had the ACL tear. We know this. Then they tried to push him back a little too hard, and when you do that with ACL tears, then you start to have these soft tissue injuries. So they tried to push him back. Then they tried to limit his workload, 
Then they realized that wasn't working, so they had to sit him for like four games. So then he came back and had the big end to the year and had mm-hmm. 88% snaps week 11, 93% snaps week 17. So he's starting to get up in 75% of snaps and above in the second half of the year. Whereas before, earlier in the year, he's sitting at 24% week four, 50% couple games. So just they were trying to figure it out without actually getting him healthy. And because of this, if you look at that, I think they just pushed him back too hard. They made mistakes. And this year he's coming in healthy. I agree completely. And I think I'm a lot higher on him than I was before looking at really what actually happened. I agree completely. I think he got pushed back too early. I think the one year off is going to help him get healthy, and I think they're just going to give him the the rock. Yeah, they're committed to the run for sure. He has the skills to do amazing things with the ball if he gets it. I love his pass catching ability. He needs to block a little bit better. That'll keep him on the field more, but my my he's going in the he's going as the fifteenth pick, middle of the second round. I like that. Okay, that's before Damian Williams. I mean, that's probably where I would take him. That's before Marlon Mack. I like him more than Mack. I do too. I don't know if okay. I like him more than Williams. We'll get to that on a, on a yeah. later episode, but I'm that's really high on Nick Williams. ADP battles. I like him more than Chubb. Okay. All right. I do like him more than Chubb. Okay. All right. Diggs and Thielen, let's hit those guys. Stephon Diggs is one of my favorite receivers in the league. I had him last year. 1,021 yards, 17th in the league in yardage, 9 touchdowns, finished 7th in targets, wide receiver 14. But he struggled with that consistency. So, again, with these offense and these fantasy players on the offense, it's about consistency. So, I love Diggs. But he's just going to have to get better. And there's just a lot of guys to spread the ball around. Diggs did a lot better later in the year when Thielen was just trailing off. Thielen had seven out of the last eight games in single-digit fantasy points. So that's when you saw Diggs going off. But then Diggs in the playoffs, which is when you, I needed him the most. <laughs> they both had it in a year Just slump. blew it. So they changed so, offensive coordinators, and both these guys kind of fell off the map. Not right. completely, but compared to what you drafted them for, you were right. disappointed. Right, and Cousins' numbers. You had Thielen, you were really disappointed. Cousins Efficiency numbers, numbers were just this embarrassing. Is, this is what you like to see, though, if, if I can say this. There's very few teams in the NFL, I feel like, who can produce two top ten wide receivers. These guys were almost there. Thielen finished at wide receiver seven. Diggs finished at wide receiver 14. This could be one of the only teams in the NFL to produce two top 10 wide receivers. I think they're both skilled enough to do that. Adam Thielen is an amazing guy running out of the slot. Diggs has those big hands and that play catchability. I mean, you saw uh, what he did in that playoff game. It was just unbelievable what he did two years ago in that playoff game. His aerial catches. Yeah, The dude can handle the – can catch the rock. I I like both these players. I think they could do it. I don't necessarily think it will – absolutely happen but i think i think thielen will stay i think he drops i think thielen drops a little bit i think he's outside the top 10 just slightly and i think Diggs actually is going to be the beneficiary this year i think Diggs is going to end up in the top 10 this year it's interesting because he's a better value too 
so Diggs is going in the end of the third. Sorry. You can get Thielen at the end of the second. That's too high for Thielen, in my opinion. They, yeah, last year they were back to back. I remember that in the draft. I, they were. I, do I had to that. pick between yeah. Thielen uh, and Diggs. Let's talk about Thielen. 113 catches, 1,373 yards, nine touchdowns. But here's here's what I want to keep reminding you guys. After week nine, he had yes. seven single digit games. Right out of the last eight. Yep. Cousins Can't played terrible that. then. So, yes. It, so I think they coincide. Let, look, here's here's another thing, and I think this is like the key to this offense. Outside of the left tackle, Riley Reif, the Vikings did not have a single offensive lineman with the top eighty grade the entire season for the year. Okay. Their interior line was easily the worst in the league. So, I think. You give some of these guys more time to get downfield. We talked about the help they're getting. Yeah, on their line. I think that Cousins, if you look at his numbers and how horrendous that offensive line was overall, he did all right for what he had to work with in front of him, protecting him. So again, I think it's just the consistency. So again, who do you pick if if you're drafting? For me, it's Diggs. In the third, I I kind of like him there. I still think it's a little high, but I, I, I like For it. me, it depends on draft strategy. I'm not taking either one of them. That's why. Just I because it, they yeah. spread it around a little bit, I'm looking to get a higher tier wide receiver right before that, and then I'm not taking either one of those guys as my wide receiver one just because either one of them could blow up on any given week, and you don't know who it's going to be. I, I think they both cost a lot, and I'm re- I keep right. repeating it, but I'm really worried about what I saw the second half of the season. If if you talk to look, check it check their interviews, Diggs and Thielen were getting double teamed. Diggs was triple teamed there towards the end of the season. He said he'd never been triple teamed before. He didn't know how to react to that because teams knew they were. You run around in circles. They were right. doing everything they, they could to run the game, ball. Yeah, they so, kind of game plan Thielen out of it. Rudolph had a had a way off year. So you didn't have a lot of guys stretching the field and getting those guys some space. Let's talk about Rudolph for a second. Um, had four touchdowns, 64 receptions, 634 yards, ended as tight end nine. Yes, I have all these numbers, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, had a down year compared to years that he had in the past. Um, and there was some rumors early this offseason that he might get traded they drafted a tight end. They did draft a tight end. There was rumors. Nothing's happened, but there was rumors but that he might get traded. But then they came back and said that he is in talks for a five-year extension. After those rumors came out, they said, well, now we're in talks for a five-year extension. So you don't know who put out that original rumor. Maybe he was looking to get out if they couldn't finalize something. So I've seen a couple reports followed up that just said they're still – progressing towards this deal is still negotiating what do we think about Rudolph I mean he finished in the top 10 Thielen finished in the top 10 for his position Diggs finished just outside the top 10 for his position I think it's completely unrealistic that they all end where they did I last year so one of these guys is going to drop and I have a feeling it is Rudolph I mean I, I said earlier I think Thielen drops a little bit too and Diggs steps up a little but I think Rudolph Fall significantly outside. I think with uh, Dalvin Cook getting healthy, I think he's going to take more of the work. 
and I think Rudolph, you know, I, I, a I feel lot like of teams like the, him in the a lot like the tight end in the red zone, but I still think he drops off. Yeah. Rudolph never finished the season inside the top 10 among tight ends for PFF grade. Only earned a single grade of 80 or higher in 12 out of 116 contests. He had that big 2016 year when he turned 120 targets into like 840 yards, 7 TDs. So he had the one big year, but I think with the drafting of Irv Smith Jr. that he's going to lose some snaps and going to be phased out a little bit. What's his ADP? I can't even find him on the board. I've been looking while you're talking <laughs> about it. Uh, he's going He's going uh, right before uh, second to last round, right before ASJ. Second yeah. to last round? 14th uh, round. Yep. Okay. Uh, so so uh, with we what? Wait, well, after I Olsen. propose a, oh, that's the question I was going to propose. He's going after Olsen. I'd much rather have so, Olsen. I mean, I between Olsen and Rudolph, you guys like Olsen better? Absolutely. If, if you're going to wait a long time for a tight end, you like yes. Olsen better? Yeah, because I want okay. somebody that's gonna boom. I, you know exactly what you're. I'll just ask. I'm just asking. Same. I honestly don't think I'll wait this long for a tight end. That's Wouldn't just you not rather strategy, just stream than play Kyle Rudolph for week to week? I'd rather stream a tight <laughs> I end. Feel, right. I feel yeah. safer with like Rudolph <laughs> than like an ASJ or like a Tyler Croft or like some random tight end that you're gonna stream simply because of, the simply safety. because of the name. Literally, <laughs> the true. name makes me have a little bit of security. But, I mean, uh, I'm I aiming for really one of those like second tier. I'm aiming <laughs> for those second tier of the top ten tight ends, like yeah. Jared Cook, Njoku, maybe a Delaney, That's somebody down there. Where I'm this is where to. I'm looking. Someone that has that potential, right? To potential to bump up, up top five, but also you don't have to pay a steep draft price. Okay. All right. That's it for the show. Make sure you subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. Make sure you tune into our social media pages to see how you can win your autographed Le'Veon Bell jersey. Check us out for a few more team previews coming up. <laughs>